In every real estate transaction, something comes up that the buyer or seller may have a question about. But in the heat of the moment, the question goes unanswered. Each episode, I talk with real estate experts and real estate vendors to provide a look at what goes on behind the scenes in the real estate world to get you answers. I blend in local Santa Cruz history, add some tips and tricks, all designed to help you be successful in your next real estate project. Tell your friends you can't talk right now because you are with The Realtor Lady. Hey, you're back with The Realtor Lady. And today I have Dia Irby. That's D-E-A as in idea. This warm, sweet, funny realtor I found in North Carolina is awesome. So fun to talk with. This is a really enjoyable one. I suggest you listen to it. We have some funny stuff towards the end too, some great stories. But we talk about in this one, how to find an agent to work with that really does the best job for you. Real estate's highly personal. So when they say local, I mean, it's almost kind of local to you as well. What resonates with you? But it's really best to hire a professional. We talk about why you shouldn't hire a friend and all the things that you need to consider when you are hiring an agent so you feel like you got the best service and you were taken care of. So have a listen. I think it's great. Please share, like, subscribe, and even comment. Thanks. Bye. We were connected through a pod service and we have some of the same interests. And we got to talking about what you really should be thinking about when you hire a real estate agent and maybe be really clear on what your preferences are and personalities. Now, remember, this is not a friend. This is a professional that's going to guide you through probably one of the biggest financial decisions in your whole life, uh, buying or selling. And you really have to understand that professional, what they bring to the table for you personally. So we are going to jump right into that. But first, Dad, just tell us a little teeny bit about yourself before we we do that. Yes, I tell people I'm from South America, meaning I lived in, born and raised in Mississippi, then I lived in Alabama, and then Georgia, and then Florida. <laughs> South America. Isn't that it. South America? It's good. Then we good. moved north to North Carolina. Some people still consider that the South. In about 2013, and soon thereafter, I got my real estate license, and that has been the adventure. Yes, every day is an adventure. <laughs> Absolutely. And just briefly, how come you moved to so many places? Was it uh, jobs? My husband's or... job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would. Uh, I, I. I guess I think I would like that, but I. I don't. I don't really think I would. I guess I've lived in the same place forever, so I guess I. I guess I wouldn't. Well, growing up, the only time I moved was from the back bedroom to the front bedroom. (laughs) And then I went 50 miles away to college and then another 20 miles for my husband's graduate work. Uh, But then began all the moving. So I feel like I must have been in training for real estate. Right. Because I know what it's like to have to Go put everything in storage so that your house looks bigger because everything's gone or boxing up things or loading a moving van or finding where you're going to. Yes. Been there, done that. 
haven't moved a whole lot, but I, I was, we had just moved into the house we're in now. And I think it was about 16 months later, I had an epiphany and realized where my heating pad was. And I realized that's why people hate moving because there's that thing you've been looking for forever. And then you, you either get this idea of, oh, it's in that box, but it takes like a year and Mm-hmm. for you to find mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. or worse yet you you rent a storage and you put all that stuff in there you don't think about it for a year and you just write that check every month and then you go look at it and you go why did i pay to store this stuff that's the pains of moving that's the little absolutely stuff. and so it's <laughs> our job to make it as painless as possible yes yes and we were just discussing kind of how we wanted to maybe talk about how people could figure out who and what is the right agent for them. And you and I were just kicking out, kicking around the idea of maybe comparing people to animals, maybe of there's a certain animal that, uh, that you would think would be maybe a good, good fit for you as a real estate agent. And I was still having a hard time with that only because you might equate them with some type of animal and and yet there's some other facet that they miss because animals are generally they don't talk to you or tell you their feelings no. so maybe it seems right. maybe only two-dimensional maybe in terms of how you they would treat you but um i i think it's a good idea so we so we were talking about um you had mentioned aggressive could or could be consent could could be seen as proactive um, or maybe a friend versus just an agent who really cares about you and the outcome. So where, where, where should we go with this? Well, first of all, it is very important who you choose. And so many times I've heard, well, I've got a cousin or I've got a friend or, and there is a warning in that. Now your friend may be fabulous, but what happens If the deal goes south, then forever after you've lost that friendship or that family member is out of the picture, it really is better to have a professional separate that takes care of the business because if it goes south for some reason, you can fire them, but you can't really fire oh, that's your a good point. relatives. Well, I guess you could, but that's not recommended. Would you would you agree with that strategy? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the other thing to think about seeing how I live in such a small town is I have had at least one to two clients a year say, oh, I have realtors in my family yet still hire me. And what I found out a lot of times is it was they really didn't want other family members to know how much money they had. Well, you know, be, uh, or just they've to got know their hand all out. their business. They don't yeah. want, because, you know, it is a very intimate relationship. You learn so much about someone. And yep. I can understand how you wouldn't want somebody that's in your family to know all your business. And I, for the longest time, I felt really bad about it, but I didn't ask people a lot of questions. I would, get a feel for them and get a feel for how they want to work and go to work for them. But I wouldn't ask them a lot of questions about them themselves or 
you know, I, I felt like it was prying. I felt like if they need me to know that, they'll tell me or we'll we'll have a conversation and that will happen. And then as I got to be in the business longer, I realized they don't want to discuss those things. They have specifically picked me out because the fact that I didn't ask all those questions. And now I understand that is my skill is I can still serve you very well without knowing every single thing about you. Even your partner choices, I may not ever meet the other partner or, you know what I mean? Just that specific where other people are like, well, we're best friends and we do all this and that's great. But I, I'm ready to go to work and, and just tell me when, where and how, and I'm there, but I don't pry. And that, that's actually, that does work. So I guess that's a style. It is. And the other one was maybe you want a friend or you want someone who to know all about you, but even if you weren't friends before, how could that not, where do you see the pitfalls in hiring somebody who thinks is your friend? You would be offended if maybe, if someone really wants that friend, then the friend agent has to tell you the truth. Oh. <laughs> then you might take it personally. You're not able to accept the professional opinion of the professional that you've hired because you're expecting them to be a friend. And friends speak nicely to you and don't tell you the truth. Right. So they might they might not tell you, yeah. I actually did a video where I said to people, well, have your friend come over and tell you honestly if your dog really smells. Because I was thinking maybe I don't want to be that person. Exactly. Yes. How do you... <laughs> But, but you, but how do you tell somebody when you walk in? Now I did have, I did have someone that had three cats and then adopted a feral cat. Oh, that's and, fun. I've had a few. And, and the aroma was quite strong. <laughs> oh, is this a Chanel number feline? Oh. Um, Feeling number nine or something. Uh, It was so strong. And I was listing our house. What do you do? Well, we happened to find a buyer who had cats that it didn't bother. But how, yes, you need someone that's going to tell it to you straight. Like, no, this isn't a good color. Uh, You are going to have to paint this. And it might be that you have to choose the person that you want to hear it from. So so bottom line is somebody who's going to tell you the truth, but maybe it could be a personality style that you can take it from. I mean, I can certainly take criticism from some people versus others. I I did almost list a, a 3,000 square foot cat box because I just walked in and there was just so many cat boxes everywhere and they were huge and they were everywhere and they invited me over for the listing appointment and they didn't even move them. And the cats were old and... I didn't get the listing and I thought, huh, okay. I okay. Well, now when I meet with someone, I tell them up front, it's, if there, it's a listing appointment, I tell them there's three outcomes from our meeting. Okay. One is they may decide not to work with me. And that's okay because I don't want somebody working with me that doesn't want to. Right. Two, I may decide that I don't want to work with them. And three, we decide to work together and everything's hunky dory. And and then of course they go, Well, why would you not well, why would you not want to work with me? And first off, 
do you consider yourself coachable? I am the professional. I know the market. I know what a house should be put on the market for. I have a price. I'm a a strategic pricing specialist certified. So I know what a price should be. Are you going to listen to me? And if you're not, then I don't want to waste your time with me. Find somebody else and then come back to me when your house doesn't sell and won't. (laughs) Right? Yeah. It's pricing is really a a tricky thing around here. Even the people who really think they know it don't, don't profess to know it anymore. It's so insane. Exactly. And, and it, who really does set the price? It's not the agent. It's not the seller. It's the market. The market or the buyer and the seller. I say the market is when the buyer and seller come together. There's your price. Yeah. What they're willing to pay and what you're willing to accept. And that's how you come up with the, the purchase price. So then that would bring up the next subject. So we, so really you need to find the uh, kind of personality style that you can work with and uh, probably would caution someone to not look for a friend or maybe not even someone who's completely over-interested in you and wants to spend all their time with you and think you're great because that's they may still be sidelined and not doing a good job for you. You want somebody who's really focused on doing a good job for you in selling your house or helping you buy a house. Yes, Uh, So then we should probably talk where to find an agent because more than likely this video is going to be watched on YouTube. I have the podcast, but the, the, but they get watched. So a person there is online and they're looking at us going, well, I'm I'm not going to Santa Cruz. I'm not going to North Carolina, but I, I need an agent in my area. Should I be on YouTube or what should I be doing? Hmm. Look for markets that are active in the area one of the another element that i think is important when you are searching out someone is uh communication now their personality styles and types but how does mm-hmm. someone communicate yeah. do they and and are they taking the time to find out how you communicate and i know that you would agree with me michelle Bottom line, there's one skill that none of us have, and we want our clients to know that that we don't have that skill, and it's mind reading. (laughs) We can't know something if they if you don't tell us, right? Yeah. So how you've got to have somebody that you can communicate with. That's another element that's very important in the relationship, someone that you can honestly communicate with. And, and if, if, if we have misunderstood what you're saying and take you to these houses that aren't what you're looking for, maybe you didn't communicate it right in the first place, but please, we can't read your mind. Say, you know what? This is not the direction I want to go in. These are not the houses I want to see. Or um, I don't want to have any showings on Tuesday because blah, whatever. You know, we can't know that if you don't tell us. So so jumping off that, I would say I did a video on this on communication style and make sure that you understand your 
first off, understand your realtor. You may have a, a in our area, you might have a part-time surfer. So that could be when the waves are good, they're gone. <laughs> but it, but if you know that up front, I mean, I can hear when there's good swell at my house. This morning, no, maybe yesterday morning when I woke up, I could probably easily say there's two guys not working. Right? And why should they? If the, yeah, if or the waves two are guys good. and a gal. Right. And and they don't have to. They do have to tell their client or their client may know from association of what they do. But I, I say, make sure you understand kind of what they're up to. Some, um, another agent in another area, she, she lives part-time in Mexico. She has a beautiful house there that she goes and spends mm-hmm. a lot of time in. She does a lot of business through there, but there's going to be times when it's going to be hard to reach her. So it's okay that you do those things, but maybe you could just ask. Communicate. And then how do you communicate? What do you like? You're, you're a texter, you phone, your email. Exactly. And that's one yeah. of the first questions. How do you like, you know, some people never check their email. Some people never respond to a text. I had some clients recently in a transaction where the husband and wife are never in the same place at the same time, but they both respond to a group chat on Facebook. That's how wow. If and I needed like to let one or two of them, uh, either, well, if I wanted them to know something, I would make it make a comment in the group chat in Facebook named the the group was called selling our house. <laughs> so that's uh, good yes. for you kind of figuring that out. And I, I have also noticed that I don't I'm not going to say millennial. I don't know what age group it is, but I just know younger than me. They read the emails, but they don't respond. Ah, I love it when I call them. I go, did you get my email? They go, oh, yeah, we got it. It's like, so how do I know that you got it? I need to know. That's the other thing. Okay. So we're there. You guys have figured out your communication style. Please respond. You're really going to get much better service. I guess this podcast, this today could be just how could you get the best bang for your buck with your realtor? That's it. That's absolutely. Know their type. And also another uh, uh, aspect that I want to find out about my clients is, are they morning people or are they night people? And I am sort of a night person, but, you know, I'll get a text at six o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, okay, well, okay, today I'm a morning person. But understanding a person's clock, you know, that yeah, and I, I tell people I'm I'm done at seven yeah, because I'm usually asleep between eight and nine. So at seven, I start kind of winding it down. But you're going to see stuff from me, probably emails by you know six. Okay. Because I'm up early. I'm up really well, early. Have, yes. I wouldn't be able to sleep very late if I went to bed that early. <laughs> it just happened. I've didn't used to, I used to stay up till like 10 30, 11 o'clock. I can't do it anymore. I don't even make it past 9 30. Wow. I used to stay up till 1 30 or 2. And then now I'm yeah, making it yeah. toward the bed at 10 30. So there's a personality type, communication style, could be even lifestyle. We could throw that in there. You don't have to have the same lifestyle, but but maybe having an understanding of lifestyle and then uh, morning or evening. <coughs> I actually do have one client who likes uh, mid-morning. 
if I call him between a certain time, it always works. He can pick up by something. I and I think he's at work. I just and I don't think it's lunch. I just think there's a lull. You know, you get the morning work done, I guess. And so I've kind of that was kind of a new one for me to figure out. But um, yeah, get get all that stuff stuff put together. I I often will if I need to talk to someone on the phone, I'll send a text and say, "Are you available?" Right. Because almost everyone will respond to a text. And if they don't respond, then that probably means they don't have their phone with them and they're not available. But yeah. 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 All of all of this, we we can't, like I said, we're not mind readers. Yeah. We don't know what how to best serve you if you don't tell us what works. And I was reading an article where, gosh, I don't know, could have been Twitter. Who knows? There's so much media coming at us. I can't cite every source, but um, the public gets tired and has a poor view of realtors, partly because of how many realtors come and go in the industry. So the longer you've been in, I think people like agents that have been in it for a while. And I always say I'm full-time, even in the harder markets, I've always been full-time. But at the same time, there's people who want younger, aggressive, so new is is good for them. They feel like that they'll they'll work harder or try harder. You know, so there's all these styles, but the but the bottom line was I got out of it was that's where some of the uh the poor view of realtors came from is just that there's people that kind of come and go. All it all you have to do in California is take a test and go hang your license with you know, a broker, and then you're helping somebody do something very crazy. Yes. Right. Well, I think you can, you can tell, uh, there's a, a saying that telling is selling. So if someone is telling you all the things about them or telling you all that they know, instead of asking questions, then the telling is a sort of a telltale sign that maybe they're looking at you as a commodity or a customer Mm -hmm. instead of coming with care, which Mm -hmm. entails asking questions, not just telling. So you want someone that's going to ask, well, why are you moving and you don't have to tell me all the details, but I need to know what your motivation is. Do you need to, did you have a job transfer? So you need to sell your house quickly so you can get out of here. Or are you just thinking about, and and then you have a different approach according to what their motivation is. But the more, if you have an agent that's asking you questions to find out about you, what you're looking for, why are you doing this? then that's someone that's really coming at uh, to you with care and that you are uh, not just the next check project. Right. Would you agree with that? Yeah, the, the one and done. I, I was in an office for years with um, an agent. He, he still does very well. He does quite a bit of business, but he, he, 
his business was always new. He didn't have a lot of people come back to him he, because they were all Ooh. one and dones. He yeah. kept going and getting more. I mean, good on him. But I've sustained a great business from you know doing a good repeat. percentage repeat customers yes. keep working. And we're not we're not all friends. I have a taco party in October. They come and we barely have time to talk anyway because I'm running around. But you know, uh, but but there's people that like. Oh no no, she's the one I trust to go do this and get this done. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to their wedding or anything like that or their right, because you know, you're their the professional. Party. I'm the professional in their life. Yeah. And every once in a while I get invited to something. I'm like, oh, that's so great. I hate parties. <laughs> I think I'm yes. so excited they invited me. Oh, I can't go. <laughs> well, I did get I did help a, a young couple, and that's a long story about how I even was connected to them, which would take another podcast. They invited me to their housewarming party to celebrate their purchase and invited all their friends and had my business cards up on the mantle. And they oh. were telling everybody there, this is our realtor that helped us get this house. That's so, so sweet. And, and yes, I connected with and helped some of their people. So I did the job they were looking for, did it well, did it professionally, and they've recommended me. So oh, that that lovely. makes you feel feel honored. It's really funny too, because sometimes they come out of left field. A couple of years ago, I, I worked with a family and it was just, a, it was a rough deal. I think it was right at the beginning of COVID and it was just, it was, <sighs> it was, it was just so hard. Everything, it was, everything was just so hard. Right. And I, I didn't know if they were happy. I, I sh certainly did my best. And uh, they referred me a very nice client. And it was just way out of the, yep, you did your job. We're happy with you. So That's right. Um, but I was going to say something else. Oh, I can't remember what that was when you were saying that. Um, yeah, but just just know maybe the role. Uh, oh, I like to know that when people have me in their corner, they also have their attorney and their CPA. And you, you kind of understand the value of having a professional. You can always call to ask questions. Often I'll get called to people's houses too. Should I do this? I, we know we're moving in five years. Is this worth this? Is this countertop worth it? Is this, should we paint this wall black? What about those gold faucets that are in, you know? And I, it's funny because I've had conversations with people and then they end up not doing it. And then we go list later on and they're like, well, you know, we know they're going to change it. I was like, we talked three years ago. You should have just changed it and enjoyed it. That's what exactly. I Yes. Go ahead and do it for you now and enjoy it. So there's those services that we, that we provide. So try, I guess the other part of that would be, so you found the communication style and how you're going to work with them, but also kind of keep them in your Rolodex of, 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 of a consultant that could kind of help you as your resource, your, resource. Yeah. As yeah. you own the house. Like you got a you got a call and say, who do, who do you know that can, uh, it's a plumber that can deal with this situation. And I mean, I've got a flooring guy that does a great job. I've got, you know, and he can do, levels like do you want flooring because you're about to put your house on the market or do you oh. want flooring that you're going to live with for the next five years and a lot of work out here so yes 
So you need a lot of floors out there. Oh, we need everything. <gasps> the contractors are really busy here, and they're they there's a lot of big jobs available to them, so it's hard to get little jobs little and jobs. Handymans right. don't handyman contractor guys don't last very long. My I have oh. some. I have one or two, but they eh, cost of living here makes it. Well, and how much can you make as a handyman? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and that is that is another, uh, like you said, it, an agent that can be a good resource for you. But you have uh, to behave. You don't get my vendor's names if you don't pay people. Ah, yes. That's important. I have people complain about my vendors and not pay them. And now... You have to really be in my good graces to get my phone. These guys are people I rely heavily on, and I need them to be happy. Absolutely. Yeah. That's some people, that's their style. They just don't. I didn't like that, so I'm not going to pay. Well, it's like the person that's halfway through a steak and decides they're going to complain about the taste and ask for them to bring them another steak. <laughs> not that I've ever known anyone to do that, but. Um, so that's, that's great. So that's kind of, we touched it all on how to really, really kind of who you work with matters and, and how to, how to pinpoint, uh, a good, a good style for you and then be more satisfied with a realtor in general. Cause I really feel like a lot of people that I've talked to who complain about the realtor they worked with, they, they were their mother's realtor. They didn't pick them. They, um, they were referred to him by an ex. Ugh, be careful of that one when you're well, referred by well. the ex. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like they they kind of like picked him up hitchhiking on the side of the road and were kind of bummed that they couldn't do a good job. You know, that kind of stuff. They had a realtor tag on and they saw him in a restaurant. Or in the grocery line. Or in the grocery store. <laughs> right. And that's not, I mean, that's all fine. But, but to really... You know, when they stalk us online, like I get little notices from LinkedIn. I can kind of tell when people are looking at my profile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll, usually I'll get a phone call in a day or two. Like that's the last place they look and they vet. Well, those people are generally, and I have I know a couple people I've been hired after they've vetted me online have been satisfied because they really did look into it. And they, you know, they did choose wisely, as I'd say. Mm-hmm. So you have some stories for me. I think you have to start with a prostitute one or end with it. I mean, that sounds like a great one. So, yes, I was working with a client. Now, it does help to know a little more about somebody than you would maybe just on the surface. So I was I had an appointment to go out and preview the property again or I can't remember why I was going, but I sent a quick text. Hey, we still have our appointment today at 11, right? And he said, uh, no, I don't, I don't think I have an appointment with you today. And I said, um, <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Um, I'm, and he goes, I don't think so. And I'm like, well, I'm your realtor, and when I was supposed to come out, and, he, and then he texts back, oh, I thought you were a prostitute. Ooh. What? And I'm like, okay. Does that mean he, he has appointments with prostitutes? <laughs> then I remembered. <laughs> He's a cop. He was doing an undercover sting 
<laughs> oh my gosh. And I'm like, okay, that explains it. <laughs> but that was that was a close call to feel like I had been uh mistaken as a prostitute. Yes. So there's that. And then you know, you're working with your clients, but sometimes you have to interact with the clients of the other side of the transaction. I had a, a closing and I was the list agent and I'm not sure. Well, I think I do know why the buyer's agent kind of disappeared and let me deal directly with the buyer because she was not my first choice in uh, personality and etc. And she just couldn't get it over something about the roof of this house, which we'd had it checked out. The roof was going to last another 10 years, maybe 15. Yes, she could get home insurance. And she just, the roof, the roof, the roof, the roof. And then she uh, delivered a, a, a check for the earnest money or due diligence, whatever. And she wouldn't, you know, she was there with it, but she had to have, and she, it was, she was climbing all over me fighting because I was taller and she caused me so much stress arguing over the roof. I broke out in shingles. Oh. And I'm thinking, this is painful. She argued about the roof. I get shingles. And I had to laugh because I was glad she didn't complain about the plumbing because then what would I get, right? <laughs> oh, oh. Very, it can be a stress. I don't, it's funny because even with the prices the way, the way they are now and quite the investment that people make now, I really just, it's just a house. There's, there's nobody dying. I, I, I told this story before. It's probably on one of my other podcasts that I had a, a client, we were buying a house. He was, we were actually, we were in contract and he was just like, this has to work. I have to have this house. I have to have this house. And I said, no, you know, you just need air and water and your wife who's pregnant needs to have a healthy baby. And he went, oh yeah, wait, what am I thinking? <laughs> and you know, it turns out half the house was not hooked up to the sewer, just been going in the ground. Oh. And since I kind of already talked him off the ledge, it was super easy to kind of get him to back away from that house. Right. Yeah. yeah. We're, we are, this is an important job. We're dealing with people's biggest asset, whether yeah. they're buying, selling or investing. But I think we also have to help them put it in perspective. I mean, this is not do or die, um, you know, and I, I think I have unique experience here. I'm postulating. I have you here and I'll just tell you all about myself. But um, I did do short sales and foreclosures for quite a number of years. And those were really serious emotional situations where people had to let go. Uh, it would this American dream will come back. You'll figure out how to own a house somewhere. This is just, this wasn't supposed to be, maybe be it was before you were supposed to own a home. Mm -hmm. Maybe mm -hmm. that you weren't supposed to live here. I mean, you know, I, we spent a lot of time saying it's, it's going the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. And I always right. tell clients that it'll work out the way it should, meaning you may not get this house. You may not get as much as you want, which is that they always do, but, Right now they right. do. 
But to try to put it in perspective is that it will work out the way it's supposed to be. Even sellers who don't get exactly what they want, they might get the buyer that they want and they get the situation that they want. You know, like all the other things just kind of line up. It's like, oh, I would have liked some more, but I kind of got all the other stuff I wanted. And now I'm on my way. Right. Well, and you are exactly right. We... I don't know if the market's, I think it's pretty much the same there where you have a glut of buyers and a lot of buyers, a few houses. And some buyers have had to offer six, seven, or 10 offers before they finally get accepted. So you have to know that it's not a do or die, that you will end up with the house you're meant to be in. It it typically works that way. I had some I have buyers, um, I don't know, five or six years ago, they were pregnant and they, they kind of jumped at a house that really wasn't for them. And they did some wonderful things to it, but we did sell it. They made money on it and they did get to where they wanted to be. They were, they were forward thinking enough to go, okay, well, we might've jumped here trying to, you know, have a baby and get our little nesting situation going right. But then they were also forward thinking enough to go, okay, this isn't for us. We're we're ready for one more move. And, you know, we'll kind of put this together. It wasn't mm-hmm. easy, but they they were all in, so it really helped. And you guided them through it. Yes. I, I look at a, an agent as almost like a tour guide. Right. Because we, we've been down the path. We know the terrain. We know where the bridges are. We know where the gullies are. We know where the bears are. <laughs> and we can take them. We can lead them on this journey through this jungle and get them out on the other side as safely as possible. And that the before I end, I'll say though, you have to make sure you're kind of you're kind of all in and, and not holding back and making sure that you're really working with your agent and giving them as much information as you can. Because those are the really successful people in real estate in terms of buying, selling are the ones that are really engaged. Totally. And again, your agent is not a mind reader. You have to communicate and be all in and let them know yeah. what's going on. I, I think I've had probably three or four transactions. I had no idea they were getting married or getting divorced or pregnant or anything. They didn't tell me and I didn't presume. I mean, I don't know, you know. And then later on, they'll go, oh, yeah, we were getting a divorce during that. And they were just waiting for the divorce to be final. And then they were going their separate ways. I was, yeah. Are the ones that were getting married? Oh, yeah, we got married right after. I had no idea they didn't act like they were interested in being married at all. <laughs> are the ones who were pre- pregnant? She she seemed sick all the time, but I, I don't know. What are you pregnant? I mean, it's none of my yeah. business. But I think it would have helped because I probably would have said, you know, I think you're jumping at this house and maybe this isn't for you. But, yeah, yeah. So it, it, maybe it is important to let your agent know some of the details. And if you don't want to, at least try to get them up to speed on some of the other things you're looking for then. Right. Exactly. Well, this has been so much fun. You are, you are so hilarious. I I don't think I've laughed as much during a a recording. (laughs) Very funny. Hey, you gotta laugh. You know, it is pretty funny, Michelle, for having me on. It's been a pleasure. You're so welcome. That's why I want to do this because some of the stuff we remember that, you know, we've, we've worked on that are, you know, hysterical things that have happened. 
you know, I'll have the foreclosure story. All of a sudden I'll remember, yeah, I showed a house with a toilet in the middle of the living room just installed right for the, you know, but you know, you just don't call that stuff up every day. My husband wanted me to write a book. And I was like, I can't remember. It just, this kind of stuff is kind of where it's fun. Uh, I haven't collected some of the stories that I've heard, such as the guy that, um, had two listings and he got them mixed up and it was way back before you had a service that you could book a showing. They would call the agent and uh, he had given them the code and gotten it backwards. And the people are showing this huge house and they walk into the master bathroom and the owner's in the bathtub. Yeah, not, not. Yeah, I'm glad that's somebody else's story, but. Oh, um, a couple episodes back, I had a gal. She uh, she sells a lot. Uh, that one we talked about selling houses online because I have done a few few of those through uh, mm-hmm. FaceTime. And she was going through the house and the one of the uh, open house guests was relieving themselves in the bathroom. And she came in and they were like, hey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Well, yeah. that, I think it was the same guy that had done that. He was out of showing and he, he thought, well, why is the owner here? He could hear the TV going and he looked in and he thought he saw him sitting in the Lazy Boy and he was knocking, knocking, knocking and then realized the door was unlocked and they went on in and the guy had died sitting in the <gasps> chair watching TV. Oh, Oh boy, that reminds me of a story too. Oh boy, we could go on all day. I'll I'll, I'll save this last one, then we'll finish. And you can tell us where to find you. Um, they got a listing, and they the gentleman had passed away, and he went so long without being looked on. He had actually, literally, he burned a hole through the floor. It. Uh, th- I guess we are a solvent in essence and it just literally just burned a hole right through the floor and they at first they were like you know you you think okay well you repair it but it it did so much weird damage and and odor and seeping anyway that they that was a good one I uh, you know that was one of those listings when somebody tells you about it you're like yeah, I don't care how hot the market is. I'm I'm good. I think I'll pass. I think yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I think I think, I'm I think okay. that that's that's way degrees beyond uh, a house full of cats. Oh, I yeah, had, yeah. I just did one with uh, a dog that nobody knew what the dog was up to, but the dog was very busy. <laughs> mm. uh, I know. So tell us where to find you before we hang up here. You can find me on. The web. Okay. If you want real estate information, it's diaerby.kw.com. Okay. If you want to know just personally about me, diaerby.com. Oh, you, and, you just have a website just dedicated to you? Yes, I do. Oh, my. Find a, a link to my TEDx talk and some books I've written and my other life. <laughs> Well, you're you're very warm and genuine, just the, just my perfect kind of guest. So I really appreciate you being on. Thank you so very much. Well, Michelle, it's been my pleasure and honor to spend this time with you. And I know that you are professionally serving any home seller or buyer in the area. And and thank you for 
I know this is an effort to have this podcast, <laughs> and I appreciate it. And I never, I never tire of it. I have to say honestly, there's always this moment where I'd be like, "Do I really want to do this anymore?" And then right, we get to this, you know, like right in the last, I don't know, twenty five minutes, twenty minutes. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I just." And I'll just be booking another one next week, you know, right. whether people want to hear it or not. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's their choice, but you get to have fun. I do. And if it's not fun, it's not worth doing. I don't think so. 